Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Hey everybody, I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And we are here today talking about the book The Widow of the South by Robert Hicks. Um, And obviously this book takes place in the South. So we decided we would do a little fall slash southern dessert. And we have two recommendations this week. So I made a instant pot applesauce, which was really good that one of my friends recommended to me. And Laura, do you want to tell about your dessert? Yeah, mine is in, it's a Dutch apple pie. And it's actually super simple, but it is delicious. Mm. It is so good. It is. I've Um, had it. Yeah, it's actually a recipe that Ben's mom gave to me. Okay. And it's been, like, Ben's favorite pie, like, forever. Mm. So a lot of times on birthdays, Ben's not a big, like, cake person. So a lot of times on birthdays, he'll request this pie. Yeah. And so, yeah. She actually... I don't know if I should tell this, but <laughs> are you telling on yourself? She, I'm no, I'm telling on her a little bit. But oh. I don't think she'll. I don't think she'll mind. No, she won't care. She, she she took this recipe from a restaurant that she was working at a long time ago. Ooh, what restaurant? She, she honestly, I I couldn't even tell you the name. I would oh. need to ask her again. Okay, Ben might Ben might know because it was when she, it was she was working as a waitress at the time, and um, there they had, restaurant that she worked at had their own apple pie okay and um she really loved it and so she kind of just like copied down the recipe (laughs) (laughs) and um and just kind of brought it home and started making it which I just kind of thought was hilarious yeah (laughs) I'm like that's pretty funny (laughs) so yeah so sorry Barb if I'm kind of ratting you out here but um but it is delicious it's really I mean it's years later right (laughs) it's been a long long time this was probably in the 90s or something so you know she's good she's fine (laughs) So I think it's probably okay to say at this point. And I didn't mention where, because I, I honestly yeah, don't know. Even but, though I really want to yeah. know, but. <laughs> I, maybe I'll find out for you, Beck. I'll try to find out for you. Okay. But, yeah. So, yeah, I do feel like we do a lot of Southern recipes so far. I don't know why, but. Yeah, well, we've had quite a few books that have been, you know, placed in. Yeah. In maybe maybe we need to do a northern book real soon here or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know any northern <laughs> books. I guess, but we can find one. Um, John Adams. I don't. I mean, <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, Mitch Album. He lives in uh, Detroit. Yeah, so. Detroit. That's true. Go. We could do something of his. Although yeah. most of his, I'm not. Pretty, you know, sad. <laughs> oh, no, I just he's not my favorite author, but he has some that are not too bad. He's not like my Tuesdays favorite author either, but I will say I am listening right now on audio while I'm driving for $10,000 a day. Yes. I yes. am listening to his, I don't know if it's his newest one, but it's called Chica or Finding oh, okay. Finding Chica. It is really good so far. It's a true story. Okay, um, cool. So I would recommend that book. Um, okay. It's right up there with Tuesdays with Maury so far. So okay, cool. You know, anyway, off. I did like Tuesdays with Maury. <laughs> yes, I loved. I love Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, good one. Yeah, it is. So, are you drinking something right now? Are you drinking? I coffee? sure am. I am All right. drinking. 
I am drinking Javalia, mm. and I put a little um, cinnamon, no, not cinnamon, nutmeg, and a Ooh. little pumpkin spice in there. Oh, you're smart. I should have done that. And right I mean, now I'm drinking it cold. This morning my first cup was warm and it was amazing yeah. because we're having such amazing weather right now. It's like 50s so jealous. right now. I'm sure it'll spike up, but still. Yeah. Although I, I will say we're having the equivalent. It's like, it's been, I mean, I think yesterday might have even dipped into the 70s, like during the day. So yeah. I was like, oh my word, it felt awesome. Beautiful. Like, I love pre- this weather. Oh. This is my favorite yeah. kind of weather when it's really cold in the morning and then it's really like it gets a little bit warmer, but it's like still just maybe a little 60s. chill in the air. Yes. Wear a jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. I do miss it. I really do. Yeah. That's something I miss. You should come visit in the fall here. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Mm. And I miss leaves turning and stuff. We do get a yeah. little bit of that stuff. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So... That is something I miss, but yes. it's okay. All things fall, my favorite. Exactly. Love it. But I can't complain too much because the ocean is. Like yeah, right there, so. you, you got you, you got a pretty good deal there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so you want to dive in here? Yeah. Um, All right. So I thought I would just read like the cover um, jacket uh, so that people can get a little glimpse yeah. of what the book is about yeah um and just so that everybody knows if you haven't read the novel it is fiction however it was based off of a true story that happened mm-hmm. here in tennessee yes so um in franklin actually which is not too far from us so um but this particular book is fiction um which by the way did you read the the interview with the author at the back of the book no because i read it on kindle oh and so i don't think there was i don't remember one okay um i listened to part of it and read part of it which i know is weird okay and no not really um and the one that i listened to had like an interview with the author but my book only okay. had an author's note. So, but anyway, we could talk about that later. I'll read the synopsis real quick. It says, in 1894, Carrie McGavick is an old woman, an old woman who has only her former slave to keep her company and the almost 1,500 soldiers buried in her backyard. Years before, rather than let someone plow over the field where these young men had been buried, Carrie dug them up and reburied them in her own personal cemetery. Now as she walks the rows of the dead, an old soldier appears. It's the man she met on the day of the battle that changed everything. The man who came to her house as a wounded soldier and left with her heart. He asks if the cemetery has room for one more. The novel... The novel flashes back 30 years to the afternoon of the Battle of Franklin, five of the bloodiest hours of the Civil War. There were 9,200 casualties that fateful day. Carrie's home, the Carnton Plantation, was taken over by the Confederate Army and turned into a hospital. Four generals lay dead on her back porch. The pile of amputated limbs rose as tall as the smokehouse. 
and when a wounded soldier named Zachariah Cashwell arrived and awakened feelings she thought long dead, Carrie found herself unexplicably drawn to him despite the boundaries of class and decorum. The story that ensues between Carrie and Cashwell is just as unforgettable as the battle from which it is drawn. So, there are a lot of big themes, I feel like, in this book. Um, yeah. A lot of things that we could talk about. Yes. Uh, so where do you want to start? Well, um, so I would probably just start with Carrie herself. What did you think about Carrie? Like, what did you think of her as a woman? She was a bit of an enigma to me. Okay. Um, she wasn't really open with her feelings or how she grieved. Okay, so she yeah. lost how many children? I be- Five? I believe three, maybe? Three? I want to say three, because at the back of my book, um, I, I have a hard copy and I have a Kindle copy. Okay. But in both both copies, it had um, pictures of the real Carrie <gasps> Ooh, that's and cool. Mariah, her yeah. slave. Yeah. And it had a picture of a, a couple of different pictures. One of them was a, um, I think one of them was a photograph of okay. the, the three the three kids that had passed away. Okay. And then I think there was also a painting of the three kids that she had had commissioned okay. after they had passed away. Hmm. So it was, it was actually really cool to see that's awesome. the, you know, the family members and that kind of thing. But yeah, so she, um, I think it was three kids that passed away. Okay. So kind of some background on her. She, these three kids passing away and I don't, I mean, I, again, I don't know where the, the nonfiction stops and the fiction starts. So right. I don't know how much of it was true, but it sounds like she was just really devastated yeah. by the death of these three like all different ages one of them was like an infant like three months mm-hmm. old um one of them was like six so you gotta imagine yeah. i think it was like maybe i don't even know yellow fever or something mm. i can't remember yeah and then i don't even remember what the last one was like mm. what they died of so yeah um yeah so sh- i mean the story opens up you know, she's going over these graves and she has this book with her with all the names of the graves. And then it talks about how she was pretty much in a stupor until the general comes and is like, hey, we're going to use your house <laughs> for a hospital pretty much. And yeah, you have no say in it. So see you later when everyone's wounded. Right. We'll be back. Right. Exactly. Um, so I feel like she really... She's in this huge cloud of grief um, until these men start coming in and she starts caring for them. Yeah. And it's an interesting, like, concept to me that, you know, once she's surrounded by all these people dying, she kind of comes alive. Like, yeah, she's almost in her element, like... She's caring for them. She's writing home for them. She she doesn't give yeah. them any sort of like false hope. You know, she right is very truthful with them and um yeah, so it was interesting to me to read um how her character kind of develops through that. Mhm. Um do you think that Zachariah the the soldier that came 
that was severely wounded that she pretty much saved his life. Do you think yeah. that he was the reason that she changed or do you think that it was just the circumstances? Um, I, I think the author probably tried to maybe do a bit of both, but my take on Carrie, I guess, was just that, uh, and again, this is just kind of how I put it together in my head, but it was, I saw her as being a woman who had grown up being, um, kind of in the upper echelons of Southern society. Uh And it's so odd to think about because back then there really kind of was like different classes, especially in the South, you know, it started with your slaves at the bottom. It went all the way up to Carrie's class, kind Mm -hmm. of this almost aristocracy class Mm -hmm. of, you know, plantation landowners who just were extremely wealthy and kind of looked up to by the rest of society, even the rest of white society. Yeah. And so it's just, it's very, it's very strange to think about now, but that's Mm -hmm. how their society was structured. And so we kind of can't even quite put ourselves there in our modern mindset in some ways. But here's this woman who kind of grows up that way, sitting on a shelf to be pretty. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's the fine china. She's mm-hmm. the, you know. And I think if I had to guess, I would say that she was torn up by the grief because that was her really only job in life, mm-hmm. her only thing that she had to do. Yeah. And so she was torn up by that. Um, and also because it it would tear up anyone, obviously, to lose children. Um, but she didn't have anything to do. (laughs) I mean, she just kind of, I, it almost seemed like maybe she was just, she came alive because she finally had a direction. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of thrust upon her. So she just went with it and was like, oh my word, I'm, I'm useful. Mm. I can, I can do something. I can help. Mm -hmm. I can be of use. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of my take on it, that she just sort of had been allowed to just be in this fog of grief because that's what upper class white ladies did. Yeah. And they didn't expect anything else from her. Right. And she even talks about, like, all the women in town who are on laudanum. Mm. Like, why are all these women on laudanum other than the fact that they have nothing to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just expected to sit around and, you know, make house calls and... yeah be pretty yeah and so there's got to be some level of what is my purpose yeah you know I mean at at least that's how I kind Uh of took it yeah but yeah but I do think Zachariah um in the picture that he painted was you know it it was definitely he he was a wake-up call for her too because I don't think she I think she had suppressed a lot of feelings for a while and so to feel something for someone was like strange. Uh-huh. And especially since it sounds like she cared for her husband, but probably never really was like in love with him. Yeah. You know, that whole relationship was very mind boggling to me. Like, yeah, she's married, but this man, you, they, they're so far apart. Like they lead very separate lives. Yes. Yes. And then I I honestly don't think so a little background on Zachariah he was um, he was part of the war and he picked up the the colored flag 
as people were like picking it up and then dying, like they were shooting them. Mm -hmm. And he picked it up willingly, knowing that he was gonna die, that he was probably gonna die. Yeah, like he threw down, yeah, threw down his guns. Yeah. And picked it, like, didn't, you know, had no way to defend himself. So, yeah. And then um, was wounded, which I can't remember what, how'd that happen again? I think he was actually wounded later. Okay. And they really don't even exactly tell how, because how I don't he... think he was wounded in the capture. Okay. Um, he kind of gets pulled down behind the Union lines. Uh-huh. And they kind of send him to the back like you're like a, a prisoner, prisoner now. he's like a prisoner of war. Right. And um, he he managed to, manages to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, in all the confusion of the end of the battle, he manages to escape. Yeah. But somewhere along the line... I want to say, didn't he kind of, like, um, start escaping and going almost, like, across a creek or something, and then um, somebody sort of notices, maybe, and starts shooting at him? I, I, I think about so. That? I think I, yes, I, I do remember that. there was something that. like that. Yeah. And um, then he ends up at the house. And yes. they have this, like, for right away when she sees him, she's she pretty much goes into like savior complex, right? Like she's just like, yeah, I'm going to save this guy. And it looked like it was his leg, wasn't it? And it, and it looked like, okay, if they don't take this leg off right now, then he's going to die. Right. Um, So she kind of bumps him up in line and is like, all right, this guy's next and um, save him. And he didn't even, he didn't, he didn't really want to be saved. Right. Yeah, he fought. He fought yeah. it. He was like, "I'm no, I am not next. Yeah, you're not taking my leg off. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just leave me alone." And it wasn't. I don't know that it was even really about the leg. I think he just thought that he wanted to die. I think he and, was so um, in the mindset of this is going to happen. I am giving myself over to it. That he was right. almost mad when it. It didn't go the way that he thought it would. Yeah, when he picked up the colors, he thought he was running and running to his death. Yeah, and he thought they would immediately target him because he was defenseless, and yeah. they would shoot him down, mm-hmm. and he, he would just be one in a string of people that picked up the colors. Yeah, and when he didn't die right away on the battlefield, he mm-hmm. was like, "Well, now what?" Because mm-hmm. he had kind of given himself over to that idea. Right. Um, which is kind of hard to fathom, but it's like, it's almost like suicide. Like you've, you've decided this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do this. And then it doesn't happen. Like, what do you do after that? You know? Right. Um, but so, you know, their relationship from the beginning, I, I never got the sense that Carrie loved him. And maybe you, you know, maybe you have a different take on it. I feel like she, she right away kind of honed in on him because she had this past with her children that had died and she realized death when she saw it. And I think she, she wanted to save him and, um, not that he was a project, but that, um, once he kind of pulled through, she almost, she considered it like, okay, he's, 
he, he I, I need, I need him. I need him to survive. And yeah. because um, so many around her had not survived when yes. she had, she was there obviously yeah. when all her kids were dying and she could not do a thing. Yeah. And there was just, all she could do was sit there and watch. Mm-hmm. And that kind of reminded me of, well, it, it made sense to me when she, remember that scene on the porch when he is getting better and she be, pretty much beats him like within an inch of his life. Do you remember that? Okay. Part? Yes. It stuck out. Yeah. Because what I do, did that make any sense okay. to you? You could think that that's really strange, but that part actually made sense to me based on really? what, based on what I, I thought about their relationship. I thought that she needed him to stay. And if he left, then she thought that she would be lost again. That's how I took that whole. Okay. I I could see that. Yeah. Did it for me, it felt a little like, first of all, it felt a little melodramatic. Like, yeah, it totally did. Like, (laughs) like literally you're beating this guy with his own crutch. Uh And like not and not just like knocking him over so he can't go anywhere, right? But like he like she thought he was gonna die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she thought that he, she had beaten him to death. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Theophilus, Theophilus, um, the Mariah's son, mm-hmm. comes and is trying to stop her. And basically, he's the way he's talking. He's like, "We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Like mm-hmm. we'll, f- we'll we'll hide the body." We'll find, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, we'll, we'll find somewhere to put him. We'll take care of it. No one will know that you killed this guy. He'll just be another casualty of war. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is yeah. going on here? Like, I, I, I kind of just, I, felt, I mean, I get what you're saying about, like, she needed him to stay. Yeah. But if she needed him to stay, but she also needed him to survive. Right. Yeah. I think. You know, she wasn't stable. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, she wasn't clearly. mentally stable. And she probably yeah. went much further than she wanted to, you know. Yeah. But I do think that that explains a little bit why she chose to do that. I mean, she she chose to. Yeah. She knew what yeah. she was doing. Yeah. So, and then that <laughs> yeah. also kind of in my mind connects the idea of she didn't really love him. She just felt like she okay. needed him. If that I could makes see sense. that. I guess I sort of did think that maybe she loved him. But okay, why, why did you? I don't, well, because that's how I thought he sort of presented it. I thought okay. the author was sort of pointing that way, and maybe I just read it a little bit differently. I think a part of me wanted to believe that she just saw something in him that she connected with because mm-hmm. I didn't want her to be, like, an adulteress. Mm, yeah. Um, But I felt like maybe he was writing it as, had the opportunity arisen, if there was any possible way, she might have gone with him if mm. there had been... You know, if she could have gotten away with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Did that part bother you at all? Uh, a little. Yeah. A little, just because I didn't want her... I wanted her to be better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted her to 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 be... Um, to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And to have some boundaries and to realize that just because you are drawn to this person... 
you know, that, that doesn't have to equal that right. you want to be romantically involved with them. It, right. You know, and in the end, I think that's obviously kind of where it went, where she just mm-hmm. felt like this is someone who is very special to me and always will be. Mm-hmm. But he's not, you know, he, obviously he's not my husband and I've built a life here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a hard life and I haven't liked all of it, but this is my life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess I did kind of see her as, as sort of loving him, but maybe maybe it growing into something a bit more mellow over time. Other than that one kiss or that scene. Um, yeah. I mean, they never like physically did anything other than that. Right. So right. do you think there was physical attraction between them? I sort of assume there probably was. Okay. Um, it doesn't I don't know. really what did you talk think? about that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't say anything about how they were physically, you know, yeah, into each other. Which I don't know. Yeah, which is That's, interesting. Yeah, all those things combined for me made it seem like it just wasn't. It wasn't love. Okay. So that would make sense. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting that you did think, you know, that they they were in love though. Yeah, I guess I just assumed that's kind of where the author was Yeah. what what he what his intention was, but mm-hmm. maybe I was reading that into it. Now, do you know if that part of the story is true? I don't and I've been meaning to look it up and I haven't gotten to it okay. yet. Have you done any research on Zachariah Cashwell uh, and whether that's a real person in history? I haven't and I wish that I okay. had. Um so I'll have to look Somebody that up. needs to Somebody needs to do some research for us and be like, hey, that dude was not real. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, he was. Somebody get on that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, can we talk about um, Mariah? Yes, please. Because she is a very interesting character also. She is the slave, like, of um Carrie but she's been with her all her life right so yes. she was a little yes, girl they, yeah they grew up together mm-hmm. um as little girls and I always wondered what where she came from because um you kind of find out later on well it's never explicitly stated mm-hmm. but you kind of figure out that pro- most likely her son yes is Carrie's husband's son yes um, that, you know, he, he most likely was the one who got her pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I just love the layers on this story because mm. it don't, I don't think it, that ever even occurred to Carrie. <laughs> like I got the impression that, you know, she, when, when Mariah got pregnant, Mm-hmm. Carrie was upset, yep. but not because she was pregnant. She was upset because Mariah had sort of done something without her, mm-hmm. had had sort of moved ahead in life without her. And they and was couldn't experiencing talk this about new it, big event. right? And they, they didn't have any common ground on this. Yeah. Because obviously Carrie, you know, is a virgin. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, this is Southern, you know, 1800s. She will be a virgin until her wedding night. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And... There's just absolutely no common ground for them where they have lived their entire lives together. Mm-hmm. And probably in some ways in, that 
Southern society would have been uncomfortable with um, at that point, because I remember something about her. Did she, she used to call her, you know, just Mariah or she, or, or no, maybe Mariah called Carrie, Carrie or something. It was mm-hmm. sort of, they were friends. They right. grew up as little girls right. together. Um, so, and I just remember thinking how, how strange and how, you know, when you, when you get out of your own world context, if she had ever done that to realize that she didn't, it didn't even occur to her yeah. to think about where that baby came from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very strange, <laughs> you know? It, yeah. But it she's tells upset, you a lot about but she never, Carrie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that in the society she's living in. Right. Where I, I don't care where it came from. I'm just mad that you did something without me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then that's a, <laughs> like, a, a break in our relationship. In yeah, our friendship. Yeah. Yes. So um, I, I have a question about that, though, because, I mean, the, the book did use the word friendship. Um, yeah. But do you think that friendship can happen between a master and a slave? Like, do you think that that friendship can really transcend enslavement? I know that's kind of a... The short answer for me is no. Yeah. The long answer is there could be a form of something that resembles friendship, but it's never going to be a true friendship until yeah. there's no power difference. Yep. Until there's no, yeah. um, until there's complete freedom. Mm-hmm. Because relationship is freedom. Yes. Um, freedom to, to choose this person as your friend. Mm-hmm. And Mariah never had that choice. Right. She kind of had to be Carrie's friend. Because mm-hmm. she belonged to Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Carrie liked to kind of pretend that that wasn't really how it was. In a way, yes. I think Carrie liked to pretend that, yeah, I own her, but that doesn't matter because we're. I, I didn't. I didn't want to own her. She just happens to belong to mm-hmm. me, and I. We we love each other. We're friends. Mm-hmm. But that's coming from the top side of the relationship, right, exactly. So coming from Mariah, did she ever mention in the book? I I'm trying to remember. Did she ever mention Carrie as being her friend? I I don't know Not if that she I remember. ever said that. I think some of her actions maybe showed that she cared about Carrie. I think she probably did care about Carrie yeah. on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that she felt stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, and didn't really see, um, it's very normal even as just people nowadays to kind of get to a certain point, a certain age in life and go, well, this is my path. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I've come down the path this far. I don't see myself being able to make any massive shifts. Right. Um, and I think that she kind of got to that place where she was like looking at her son and she's like, you're young, Mm. you know? You've, you, uh, you know, of course you're going to go and try to make your way in the world. You're young, you know, I've lived enough life where I don't know how to do that anymore. I don't know how to start over anymore. Mm. I don't know how to begin a whole different life and and venture out on my own. Yeah. Um, so I do think there was, 
kind of just some reticence on her part because because she had reached an age where it's kind of like I've already I've lived a lot of my life and I don't I don't see that I don't see the possibilities anymore because you kind of don't as you get older you start to see the road sort of narrow before you because yeah you know you've you've already started down a path Mm -hmm. you've already laid a foundation Mm -hmm. so um which is kind of a cautionary tale I guess but yeah um or you know a word of caution I guess but anyway um and I think that's kind of where she ended up landing yeah. with the whole issue. Like, obviously, yeah, she could have left after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't, and so many didn't. Yeah. So many slaves didn't leave. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, the author, when I was listening to a little interview with him, said that he thought that Mariah was the most complete human of all the characters in the book for Mm. for him the book came together because of her um Mm, and i thought that was interesting because you know of who she is and what she represents and also um just the role that she played in the whole story yeah um but I, I was curious as to why he felt that way. Um, and I couldn't, why find, he felt... I couldn't find anything else, you know, that he said about Mariah. But okay. um, you really don't get a ton of, of um, scenes with Mariah. I feel like it's more, you know, based on Zachariah and Carrie. Yeah. And Carrie's mission to you know, uh, rebury yeah. the dead. Yep. And Mariah, I feel like is almost just, a. she is there supporting mm-hmm. Carrie in her efforts. And she, um, yeah, I feel like she's a little bit in the background at times. Yeah, she kind of is. Um, he gives us little glimpses of her that yeah. are sort of intriguing and like, huh. Um, the whole scene where uh, she goes into town mm-hmm. to visit another, I think she's a freed black woman, if I'm, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a medicine woman, I think. I can't um, remember this part. Or a healer. Yeah, she's like a, she's like a healer or something. Okay. Um, and John... Um, McGavick, uh-huh. Carrie's husband, ends up, he had come into town as well. And so he, he ends up having to stay in the cabin in, or in the house of this healer woman with the, the woman and then Mariah, uh-huh. um, because he, he just happened to have come into town when all of the, all of the soldiers are returning from being routed at Nashville. Mm, uh-huh. And so, you know, of course, the, the Confederate Army, what was left of it, followed the Union Army when they retreated and they followed them up to Nashville and they were beat there as well. Uh-huh. And so you, all these straggling, you know, army members start coming back and he has to kind of stay in the cabin with them because he it's kind of dangerous out in the streets. Uh-huh. Um these soldiers are coming back. They've just been defeated. They're starving, mm-hmm. like literally starving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bad. He, I, he's he's figuring they're going to probably take his horse and butcher it and eat it. And mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's just dangerous on the streets. Yeah. 
Um, so we have that one kind of glimpse of her doing something on her. And they, I think they end up having to stay for like a day or two. Something I like just that. To- I, um, I don't know why. I just totally don't remember this part. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge plot point. Okay. And nothing really hinged on it. Okay. But I thought it was interesting that he had put that in there. Because to me, it was sort of a glimpse into Mariah. It, you know, she, she had her own life. Mm-hmm. Even though you didn't, it always seems like it's behind the scenes. Yeah. But she is, she was kind of, um, she almost had what, you know, kind of this second sight or whatever they want to call it, where she could kind of see things or, or feel things or understand things. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, it almost read very like. Like, maybe her ancestors were into voodoo yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, they came from... Carrie was born in New Orleans or uh-huh. somewhere in Louisiana, uh-huh. something like that. Like, down Bayou land, like Louisiana. Yeah. And um, that's where her family came from. And so she is... She, it almost seemed like maybe Mariah had some, like, Creole-type yeah. stuff to her. Where, like... Um, this, And it's like this little glimpse uh-huh. into... Mariah's her own person. Oh, yeah. You don't you don't get to see that much. Yeah. Um, because she's enslaved. But you do it you know, you, you get you just get glimpses here and there that mm-hmm. she's got her own stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Well and with her son too. Um, yeah. you know, the whole story with that and her yep. relationship with him and then her relationship with her owners. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So another thing that I wanted to mention was um, the letters that Carrie would write to the families um, yeah. of the the men who died. Um, yeah. I, that part stuck out to me because <laughs> she would write to these families and tell them all about their last moments, their last days, what they said or felt or wanted to say to their families and most yeah. of it was just pure fiction it was just made yeah. up yeah um i i kind of rode the line on that like what yeah. would i do if i were in that situation i tend to think i probably would not do that and i might i might i write the family but not say specifics that are outright not true. But I can understand yeah. why she did it because yeah. I think it was therapeutic for her as well yeah. as she wanted to comfort the family and she didn't know how. So, she, yeah. you know, she probably thought, well, what would I love to have for my children that, you know, before they pass away, I want to be able to talk to them one more time or I want to, you know, have this conversation in my head with them. And and so I think that she used it, you know, for her own benefit, probably just as much as wanting to comfort them. Yeah, um, I, I think you're probably right on that. And I, I think it was... I think for her, it was kind of like a, um, a bit of a catharsis as well, like yes. you're saying, mm-hmm. but she sort of, I think she probably a lot of times looked back and said, okay, this person is looking for so-and-so 
um, I don't remember them at all. Mm. They, you know, it's very, it's very likely or possible that they came through here yeah. and they were just another soldier to me. Yeah. Because I don't, I can't, I couldn't possibly remember all of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of them came in and were here for five minutes and died. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, um, I was, you know, I had 20 other guys with the exact same thing at that moment. Yep. Or, you know, some of them were in the yard for days. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, it didn't even so, make it into the house. It, exactly. And I don't know how, I, I don't think I have a good grasp on the idea of um, a town of 2,500 people <laughs> being um, the scene of a battle that produced almost 10,000 dead people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally just the manpower involved to even deal with. Yeah. With that many, bodies. that many dead bodies. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know. My, my brain cannot wrap around that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Yeah. So for her, I'm sure there was almost maybe, you know, you got to imagine there would almost be like a level of guilt. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't re- she can't. Well, she can't. Is she going to write? I'm sorry. I don't remember your son. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, Yeah. And I don't know what I would do either. Yeah. There's no good answer for these families. Right. What do you write to these people, you know? Right. Um, and, and or even if she does happen to remember a specific soldier, you know, are you going to tell them the truth? Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, what if they didn't have a pretty death? Right. You know, like, what if, you know, what if they weren't saying, oh, just tell my family I love them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I, I can't, I just can't even picture what that would be like. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I do think it was really interesting, too, how he kind of gave us the comparison of what she wrote when her babies had died mm. to her own mother. Mm. Um, and those those letters kind of early on where it talks about, you know, Martha passed away today and yeah. she looked so beautiful and it was, she looked up to heaven and mm. went went to meet Jesus and, you know, and then later on she... She says, no, none of that was true. You know, I I made it up. Mm-hmm. What really happened was she was terrified and so was I. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, yeah. just like, oh, gut-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And I don't think she did either. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a mother, she, she just wanted to give another mother a a slice of hope you know that maybe their last few minutes on earth were not torture or even though they had to go through a battle and be a soldier that you know they were surrounded by somebody that that cared about them in the end yeah or, or even just, or even just a little bit of closure. Yeah. To just give them something. Yeah. You know, because because otherwise it's literally just a big question mark. Yep. Like, what? I have no idea how my child. They're just gone. Yeah. You know, they may not even be dead. Tons mm-hmm. of people went missing. Like, I just don't know. Yeah. It's just an unsolved mystery. Yeah. Um. So even just to give a little bit of closure, like, okay, yes, they came through here. They did pass away here. Yeah. Um, and like the family that came and visited later years, years later and had found out somehow yes, that their yeah. son passed away 
at Carton, mm-hmm. and they wanted to bring him back home. Mm-hmm. And so they bring, they literally load their wagon and yep. come from Georgia, I think it was. Yeah. And um, they come to get their son, and they're going to rebury him in Georgia, and they end up just turning around and going back home. Mm-hmm. Because they see that he's somewhere. He's taken care of. Was, he's being taken care of. Yeah. With, with someone that was with him at the end and who cared about him in the end. Yeah. And, and then they come back the next year with dirt. And I thought that was so, like, oh, yeah. my God, that's so sweet. Like, just yes. so sad, but so sweet. They come back with just dirt from, from their, their farm. Yeah. 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 To put on him. <clears throat> like a wagon full of dirt from Georgia. <laughs> and I just, it's like, oh, that's heart-wrenching. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, for, you know, thousands of, families like you said to have that closure because a lot of like if nobody knows who this person is and they're just a number yeah and not a name um it can just it just dehumanizes people yeah for sure you know yeah so what did you think about i'm sorry no go ahead I was going to say, what did you think about the um, Mr. Baylor, who was so angry that the war was even fought? And he basically, like, he kind of almost, like, had hate for the soldiers themselves. Yeah, and he did not want to give up his land to be able to bury these men. He was just going to plow over it and build something, right? Or plow over the field and use it or something. He was going to use the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And my impression was he didn't really need the field. Right. He just, he knew that, well, he knew that it was important to carry to to yeah. dig up these. And the whole town was upset. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, come on, that's such a a jerk move. Like. It really, it really is. How. And I think he had a, he had a bone to pick. He was, he was angry that this war had even been fought. Well, because but his Carrie, son died, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But Carrie, she kind of pointed out to him, look, these soldiers are not the ones to be mad at. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to be mad that this war was fought, then you can't be mad at these soldiers. Because right. these guys were here. Half of them didn't really even have a choice. Mm-hmm. You think they wanted to charge cannons? Mm-hmm. You think they wanted to, you know, throw down their guns and charge up a field? Right. With, with nothing but a flag in their hands. Right. These guys were there because they had to be. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any other choice. If you want to be mad that this war even happened, you're going to have to be mad at some bigwigs somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, you're going to have to be mad at yourself, really. Mm-hmm. Because it was basically the southern aristocracy that got them into it, you yeah. know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you'll have to be mad with yourself that yeah. you didn't make sure that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he ever really quite caught that. No. Like, she basically... No, because when he finally conceded, it was because he was in pain and he was, um, he was injured. And so she kind of had him, like, in a bad position and was like, all right, you're going to do it now? I'll get you help if you, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, which I thought was pretty amazing. (laughs) I, I kind of thought it was hilarious, which is terrible because it's not funny, but... It's not funny, but I it's mean, like, dude, 
give it up. Like these yeah. these people meant something to people. These people yeah. had families. They were husbands and and brothers and and you yeah. can't put yourself in these families' shoes. You just want to especially plow since you for them are literally yeah yeah you are in their shoes yeah yeah so I don't you how know, can you, you not even, yeah how can you not you have sympathy for them you the thing is he had the luxury of having been there close enough where he could bury his own son yeah so his son wasn't in an unmarked field right right. But these families didn't have that luxury, you know. Maybe he, in the book, more just represented the idea of, um, you know, people who are in power that have the ability to do something but won't or don't yeah. because they yeah. choose and, not to. And don't realize that, that that's on them yeah. in some way. Yeah. That, that they have a... They have a voice, mm-hmm. and you can you have the ability to use that voice. Right. So if you're upset about this, you have nobody to be upset with but yourself, because yeah. you could have used that voice. And maybe he did. We don't know his backstory. Right. Maybe he did use his voice to try to say, "Look, this is going to be nothing but trouble. Do not fight this war." Mm. He he may have. Right. Um. You know. So it, there's that. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's in his character, though. No, because he seems like a, um. A person who is kind of in it for what he can get out of life. Yeah, very And so, yeah. as long as it doesn't come to his back back door, he doesn't care. And then when it does come to his back door, he's angry at someone else. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and we've all got some of that in us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been there where I was like, why am I upset right now? I have no one to blame but me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So, we've, we've all got a bit of that in us. Yeah. Not recognizing the voice that we do have mm-hmm. and can use. Yeah. That's and true. should use. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more in this book, unfortunately. Well, one, <laughs> one quick last thing, though. Yeah. Um, so Becky and I, when we, we read this book, I think we both were in Tennessee at the time. Or maybe, yes. were you still in Ohio? No, I, in Ohio? I, I, I think it was, you were in Shelbyville were and I, I was living okay. in Murfreesboro. Yeah. So we actually were able to, we read this book several years ago together, um, and we were actually able to visit Franklin together mm-hmm. and see Carnton. The plantation, um, yep. The plantation, the, you know, the slave quarters, all of this, and then we were able to see the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your, just just briefly, I know we're kind of getting to the end here, but what were your impressions? From what I remember, I, I remember a sense of because it's been you know a while and I would love to go back there but um I would too but I got a sense of just peace (laughs) if that makes sense like yeah like uh something very bloody happened here and yeah it's um it was just a kind of a a calming experience. I don't know how to explain yeah. that, like why it even was that way. But I think just because it brought closure and it brought um, peace to some of the families and this, this ground that we were standing on meant so much to so many people and yeah. for different reasons, you know. Yeah. But 
Um, but the fact that they're they're keeping it up and that they are mm-hmm. still honoring it and yeah. honoring the people that died there because it wasn't just the Confederates that they or yeah. or just the yeah just the Confederates that they buried. There were Union people there too. So I think there were yeah, and I think they they buried some African American men there too that were part of the war is that right i Do honestly remember don't remember i would have to look that up i think they that did. would be pretty amazing I, I okay could, i could be wrong but i think i remember that but anyway so it just seemed like it was such it was an honor like when you go to a yeah a former battlefield or i don't know i always get this sense of we're looking at history and it's an honor to look at history. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, it, uh, it absolutely does for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think? I, I remember thinking that it felt strange that this is just a place. Mm. Does that make sense? Like it was in your mind... It's so built up is like, this is where something huge happened. Yeah. Tons of people went through just awful, awful things, Mm -hmm. both on the battlefield and, you know, at the plantation, you know, suffering and and dying in this house. And it's just a house. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they were just regular people. Yeah. Who just happened to, it's almost like an Esther moment, you know, for such a time as this, yeah. where it just was kind of foisted on them to sort of, okay, now you're going to be a nurse yeah. and you're going to, yeah, you know, take care of all these men and you're going to have four generals mm-hmm. on your back porch, mm-hmm. which, right, I mean, can you even imagine? Right. I mean, there were... in life they would have been so honored to even meet these men. Yeah. And now here they are lying dead on your porch. Uh-huh. And all they can really do for him is I think they laid handkerchiefs on their face because yeah. that's all they could do for him. Yeah. You know, like they wanted to honor these men who had fought and but they didn't really have any, they couldn't, yeah. you know, the resources to do anything special or the time. Do you remember anything specific about the house? I remember it was very pretty, but the rooms were a lot smaller than I was expecting. Yes. Uh-huh. I remember that. Do you remember um, the the blood stain on the floor? You know, I had forgotten about that. There are. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the blood stain. And I also remember the window that the generals looked out. Do you remember that? I don't. That's so Um, interesting. Where they could see, like, over this hill or something. And they could see where the union soldiers were uh, or something like that. I just remember the window that they looked out. Okay. And then obviously I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was the, the graves, the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. But, and just the fact that someone, just one person took it on themselves to do all of that. And it's huge. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. To just even getting them back out of the ground. Yeah. And then organizing mm-hmm. it all. Like, this yep. man was from Arkansas. This man was from... How she, how she managed to put who was who. Well, I would assume... I just was absolutely... I would assume that it was, you know, somewhere on on them. 
Isn't there a section she, there where... I think she did say something about... And again, this was in the fiction, so I'd need to look up if, how it really went down. But it talked about they, the, they had hastily kind of put them in kind of mass graves almost mm-hmm. by... Um, I think by state, you know, yes. like just kind of, okay, t- Arkansas is over there and yep. Tennessee's over there and we got, you know, Mississippi over there and we got, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then each soldier, it was just kind of like other soldiers from the battle trying to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's Rick. I didn't know he fell, yeah. but okay. Help that's identify Rick. them. Yeah. You know, go and they would put something right on top of just on their chest. Uh-huh that car like carved out or something that said their name yeah and um and even just the idea of all those soldiers having to go back and like okay we need to know who all these guys are yeah like who was who was there and can identify all you know Mm got to get some soldiers back in here Mm -hmm. (laughs) so talk about ptsd huh (laughs) oh yeah yeah for sure oh that would yeah so traumatic but i I did. I really, I still value that trip that we took. Not trip, oh my it wasn't goodness. that far, yes. but like going over to, to Carton and seeing that. Uh-huh. I would love to see the battlefield because we did not see the battlefield that day, but yeah. I'd love to see the battlefield too. Oh, I would but, totally yeah. go back. For anybody who is visiting Tennessee, Nashville area, Franklin is not that far from Nashville. Um, no. And uh, apparently um, Johnny Depp lives in Franklin, so... <laughs> I've yeah, always, he does. I've always wanted to, like, <laughs> stalk him. But there's no way. There's no possible I know, way. right? You just kind of wander. <laughs> did you ever just wander Nashville just kind of hoping that maybe you bumped into him? Yeah. yeah. I did have a celebrity sighting once in Nashville. It was my uh, only oh, that's right. celebrity sighting. I forgot sighting. about that. It was at the airport. Um, that's so funny. Um, Carmen Diaz. Yes. Too funny. In the bathroom. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> anyway, way off track. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But interesting nonetheless. Yeah, that's right. Because um, <laughs> I've never had one. Um, so yeah, that was that was actually a really cool day, and it's, yes. it was it's de- it was definitely a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. So me too. And getting to go with you after we had both read the book. Yes. You know. Yeah. So our low field trip. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, do you want to um, do yeah, some reviews? So yes. Let's uh, let's get into it here. So, right. what are you what are you gonna give the widow of the South? I'm gonna give it a Pete's. Oh, nice! I All right. loved the historical part of it. For any for any book that is historical fiction, and then I find out yeah. that it's real, like it's it's based off of a true story, that yeah. just like bumps it up for me. I just... I, I, I hear that. I love it. I love, you know, historical fiction. It's one of my... Yeah. One of my faves. And this story I, I had a lot of layers to it. There were even some parts of the story that we didn't even get to talk about, like Rebecca. I know. We, and, I feel like I feel like we just scratched the surface. Yeah. But. Yeah. And it, I just felt like it was really well done, really well researched. Um, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it. So Pete's it is. For me, and I, yeah, for me, anytime they add... Like, I, I always want to know more. Even if they have some, here are the facts in the back, mm-hmm. I always still want to know yes. more, you know? Yeah. Um, but I 
but I did love the extra, you know, just the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I want to oh, So this is what Mariah looked like. And this is, yeah. um, you know, and I think in the picture that they show, she's holding Carrie's grandson, mm-hmm. I think. Hmm. Um, just, just all of this interesting stuff where it's like, okay, you know, to, to give you an idea of what it was really like. So, yeah. um, so yeah. All right, Pete. Yeah. Right. What about you? Nice. I am giving it a Javalia. All right. Because I really did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think I probably enjoyed it just a little bit more the first time around. And again, yeah. I feel like a lot of stuff is getting bumped down because it's my second reading. <laughs> You know, only because I know where everything's going and, you know, like, um, and I tend to be the kind of person who gets more analytical the more times I do, you know, like, (laughs) maybe you need to say to yourself, how would I rate it if this were my first if time it w- reading? Yeah, I probably do. I probably do need yeah. to do that. Because I bet it would have been a Pete's the first time around. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, it really is. A, it, it's a fun read because, it, with, like you said, for me, I'm the same way. Yeah. As soon as, it's, as soon as it's based on a real story and it's, like, actually got well-researched documentation yeah. of the actual event, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Battle of Franklin, and it's just, it's so interesting to yeah. me. So, yeah. Yeah, and so the I really fact that it. it's in our our backyard and it's in your it's in your backyard exactly so So you can go visit home and yeah yep yeah very cool so we ready to uh move on i'm gonna yeah go ahead and announce the next yes book pick Mm -hmm. um so our next book pick is the night tiger Mm mm-hmm by Yangtze Chu, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Her last name is um, I or her last name is Chu. Uh huh. I think the first name is probably pronounced Yangtze. Yeah, positive on that. But yeah. anyway, um, Chu is the last name. But the Night Tiger. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, yes. I'll be it, interested. I read. To see uh, how you feel about it. So. Yeah, well, I read I read a sample just to okay. kind of like get the feel for it. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I'm intrigued. This is one so. that um, I recommended for us to read, so I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. Um, yeah, me too. And if you want to know what our upcoming books are, or if you want to listen to our podcast through another source, you can go to groundsfordiscussionpodcast.com and find all of our treats there. Um, So thank you all for joining us today. We uh, had a good discussion, right, Laura? Yes, we did. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yes, me too. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next time.